It's Walker Mail from Weston Walker here at the Spectrum Center after shoot-around, having the chance to talk with Matt Carroll. You can hear him alongside Sam Farber for some of the Charlotte Hornets radio broadcasts here on Sports Radio. 92.7 WFNZ, Matt Carroll also having played with the Charlotte Bobcats once upon a time and now here involved as much as he is with the organization. Matt, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No, it's great to talk to you. I really appreciate it, man. And I, I think real quickly, before we get to deadline stuff, it is NBA trade deadline day. I did want to talk to you about the way Brandon Miller is performing. Probably the biggest storyline surrounding this team, the biggest bright spot. How surprised are you? How impressed are you with the way that Brandon Miller is performing the way he has this last stretch? Yeah, so impressed with Brandon. Um, you know, I think back to the draft workouts, watching his workouts and yeah. watching Scoot Henderson, and you're kind of going back and forth. You know, who's going to be the next star? Who do you think's the better pick? Um, but I feel really good about what we selected here in Charlotte. And watching Brandon, you know, getting to know him as a person, number one, uh, has all the intangibles. You know, I've been really impressed with him as a professional, uh, as a young player, his work ethic, number one, his love for the game. Uh, and he has kind of a, a fearless kind of competitiveness that when he gets on the court, he is ready to go and he's ready to compete against anybody. And what he's done as a late, as you mentioned, uh, has, has really been just so impressive. I mean, he's doing it against some of the best players in the league, putting up humongous numbers. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch. So it's great to see Brandon Miller performing the way that he is, but still you want to get some of those victories. I still feel like it's great to see Brandon Miller progress. What are some of the goals now, even if it is still to win games, what are some of the other goals you should be trying to go for? Yeah, I think number one, it's you want to see the young players develop in a positive way. And number one, they're getting great experience. You know, Brandon obviously deserves to be on the court. He's that talented as a young rookie. Uh, and he's producing. You know, Nick Smith Jr., same thing. Getting experience, seeing them develop, get game experience, number one. And uh, I think that's the goal. You know, obviously the wins are number one, but when you don't have a win, what's next? You want to see your young players developing. And they're getting a, a great opportunity this year as far as experience, which I think is great. And they're getting a full season on their belt, which says a lot for their preparation for next year. Totally agree. That's Matt Carroll joining us on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ out here at the Spectrum Center right after shoot-around. Matt, I did want to get into the Saturday game where the Hornets are going to be honoring Gerald Wallace on Saturday. We love Crash. I'm glad they're honoring a Bobcat despite their reputation of losing. But he mattered so much, man. What was Gerald Wallace like as a teammate? Yeah, uh, I'm really excited uh, for Gerald. You know, I, one, I, I love playing with him. I mean, he was the ultimate competitor. I mean, he was he was fierce. He was fearless. Uh, he brought a type of tough, toughness and energy to every single game and practice that I respected. I learned from him, even though he was younger than me. Uh, but really, just loved being on the court with him because of how he played the game. He gave it a hundred percent every time he stepped on the court. Fans loved him, and it was exciting. You know, he was the type of player where it was dunks, it was block shots, uh, momentum-changing plays. He was sacrificing his body, uh, but really was a treat to play with. Okay, so you were here for that 04-05 inaugural season. You're an original Bobcat, and Emeka Okafor was the number two overall pick. Like We just assumed he was going to be the guy. When did you realize, oh, okay, wait, this crash guy? Yeah, Gerald Wallace, he's the actual leader of this team. You know, there were some moments in the game, but I think when I first joined the team, um, a couple things he did in practice. You know, I remember going for an, uh, a breakaway layup, uh, maybe a dunk, probably a layup, and he came in and he took off from the foul line and pinned it against the board, and I've never had anyone do that to me in my life. And I'm like, man, this guy athletically yeah. is different. Uh, so I think in practice he was proving to everybody that I'm kind of the guy going forward, so get ready. You mentioned 
good layup, but wait, you had like four dunks? <laughs> four and a half, maybe five. Okay. Yeah, 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 about that. However you want to slice it, four and a half, we can roll with that if you want to. I'll give you the full five. I saw you tweet one time about your dunk against Orlando. Is that the most memorable? Uh, that was up there. Uh, that was up there. I think I had one against the San Antonio Spurs that I remember uh, on Robert Ory, which, you know, some oh, basketball wow. people might remember that name. Uh, but we were teammates in San Antonio. Then we got to Charlotte. I had a dunk in the half court, and I look over to the bench, and I see Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili just laughing because I got a dunk number one. Well, and you had played with those guys anyway, though, right? That's right. Half the season, okay, my rookie yeah, season. Yeah. And uh, so they got a good good laugh out of that. But uh, I saved it every other year. I didn't want to give the fans too much, you Thank know, you. so I had to make it special when it happened. No, it would have been overwhelming. So we appreciate your generosity. Thank you for not dunking too much, Matt. Now, I did want to go to your favorite crash story, like a sneaky guy that had a lot out there. What was your favorite? Yeah, I mean, there's just when I look back on the years I played with him, and there were just so many moments where I remember literally crashing on the court, going up for dunks, getting yeah. knocked down and one place, uh, getting concussions. The protocol was a little bit different back then. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have played the next game, but I think he probably did. Um, so I remember him when he'd get the ball at the top of the key. Didn't matter who was guarding him. They couldn't stop him going right. They're forcing him left, forcing him left. But he was so athletic and had such a great first step that he was going to get to that right hand. And just having a, playing with him, having a couple 40-point-plus games, uh, just having some games you look back like, wow, that was really impressive. Oh, he was insane defensively, like one of four NBA players ever to average two blocks and two steals in a season. No, he was crazy. Now, I did have one other question. Was he as crazy about candy as everyone said? It was unbelievable. We had a, a black bag full of everything from uh, Laffy Taffy, Sweet Tart, Sweetest <laughs> Fish, and it was on the bench. And this is back then where we, you know, the rules are a little bit lax. And so as soon as he come out of the game, which wasn't often, I was on the bench a little bit longer yeah. than him, we were in that candy bag and we're eating. But he loved it. He had it every time he came out. He's eating candy, this, that, whatever. And it was accepted. Nowadays, you get fined. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. But he was a big candy guy for sure. Well, it's amazing what you can get away with, too. Like looking like that and eating candy all the time, it's ridiculous. Well, that's what made me mad about him because he was the type of guy where, like, he didn't have to lift any weights, but he'd step out of the weight room or onto the court and look like he was lifting all day long. And I'm spending all day in there, and I can look nothing like this guy. So he's one of those dudes. Yeah, what a beast, man. What an absolute beast. This is Mad Carroll talking about Gerald Wallace. The Hornets are going to honor Bobcat great crash Gerald Wallace on Saturday as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies at home at the Spectrum Center. Matt, I did want to ask you about it being trade deadline day. You were traded a few times, the last time being sent to New Orleans for Hakeem Warwick. Was that a surprise for you? And what's it like during this time when you feel like there is a chance you might be shipped to a different team yeah it's a difficult time you know as a player you're preparing during the season especially during the season harder than the off season uh to play a game and on the back of your mind you're thinking man I could get traded today I could be on a new team wearing a new uniform uh and so it is difficult mentally because you hear the rumors you know you try your best to block it out not listen to it as everybody tells you to do but it's a little bit tougher than that and when it does actually happen uh it's tough it's kind of like, you know, your, your girlfriend breaks up with you, you know, or something like that happens and you're just like, wow, this just happened. You got to accept it and we got to move on. And it happens quick. You usually have about 24 hours to report to your new team. So when I got traded to Dallas, uh, I think that was back in January and uh, maybe around 2009 or so, something like that. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. And um, you get that call. I'm going, I was driving to the game 
and then you get the call say, hey, you're going to Dallas, and then Dallas calls you, says, welcome to Dallas, we can get you on a flight tonight to come in and play tomorrow, and you're thinking, oh, i got to tell some people, i got to tell my family yeah. what's going on. So Yeah, I imagine that was hard, and I imagine, too, like even if it was difficult without social media, now when players find out on Twitter before they even get a phone call that they're traded, I imagine that has to be hard as well. Matt, also, you were bought out. As soon as you were traded to New Orleans, then you were bought out as a player also. What's that process like, and what are you going through at that time? Yeah, you kind of trust the advice from your agent and, and kind of the motive behind getting the buyout, at least in my situation, was you want to get bought out, then you can maybe pick another team that's a better fit for you, uh, hoping you're going to get signed. But it doesn't always work that yeah. way. You know, so you take the buyout, you give some money up, but you get to pick a team maybe you can sign with as a free agent. Uh, but then again, things change, right? More deals happen and things can change quickly in this league. So uh, it, it, it's kind of tough because you go from being a part of something to next thing you know, you're not even on a team. And you're wondering, where's my next step? Where's my next home? Where's my next teammate? And, uh, you know, it's a challenging time. That was Matt Carroll joining us via the Body Works Plus guest hotline here at the Spectrum Center after shoot-around, talking about trade deadline day and getting ready for post-All-Star break. Former Bobcat also talking about Gerald Wallace and uh, the Hornets celebrating him on Saturday night at the Spectrum Center against the Memphis Grizzlies. So they'll honor Crash, a Hornets legend, and go out there and purchase your tickets at Hornets.com or anywhere you get your tickets. Matt, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Walker, you got it, man. Thank you.